This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello and welcome to another edition of Poetry in Motion. We've had more Poetry in Motions now than Tory MPs. Um, as another one bags the dust. We'll be talking everything Liverpool Football Club again. Uh, once again, thank you for uh, downloading and, link- and listening to um, Poetry Motion. And of course, all the other Blood Red podcasts as well. Uh, Ali LaRouge, all the really, really good ones from the lads. And all the stats and everything like that. Thank you very much for your support. Much appreciated. Whatever you're listening, uh, we'll be um, briefly going over the last two games, I think. I think we last spoke just on the eve of the Rangers game, talking about hopefully getting a good result. Well, that spoke for itself, didn't it? 7-1, absolute thrashing. The fastest Champions League history uh, hat-trick by Mohamed Salah, who came on as a sub. We were carrying all that confidence then uh, into the well, the biggest game of the season in every aspect, of course. The two biggest clubs, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, still in world football. Um, Liverpool, Man City... A massive must-win. Uh, I am joined by two lads who are going to discuss uh, that and the game beyond that as well. Of course, it's um, uh, Richie Garnett. Hello, Richie. How are you, pal? Not too bad, mate. How are you keeping? I'm keeping okay, kid. I'm keeping. I've got a bit of leggy, but I'm fighting it off. Still keeping uh, the heating off. I'm, yeah, I'm keeping the heating off. Yeah, I've got three jumpers on, and, I, and I'm just knitting myself a scarf as we speak. Oh, I can't. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Kiefer McDonald is with us as well. How are you doing, Kiefer? Good, mate. Good after the last few few games. Back to winning ways. Can't complain, can yeah. you? A ship being steadied uh, as much as we possibly can. Last night was a we did all we could to uh, to get a draw, but we well, unfortunately all we could manage was a win. Um, it was a very very strange one. We'll talk about the City game first, Richie. If ever the team needed to stand up and be counted, it was them, wasn't it? Um, it hasn't been a good season for us. They continue to be. Lackluster and 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 just not quite fine, like a misfire and engine, aren't they? But against City, there seemed to be there seemed to be a, a discipline that had been lacking before, didn't there, mate? They were a very different concept, and and City found it very hard to deal with. Well, one of the sort of outtakes I took from the, this, this this disappointing start of the season is where I felt like there was a bit of complacency around, um, and there'd been talk of Liverpool's press being replaced by a mixture of press of control, being replaced by just control and no press. Uh, and almost to a point where it's, well, well, Liverpool, we nearly won absolutely everything last year. We'll keep the ball and uh, we'll break you down eventually and get some sort of goal. And it just didn't happen, did it? Um, and obviously there was a lot of other things in the mix with, with, with injuries and, and, and suspensions and whatnot. Um, so you try not to point the finger too much at complacency because it always... Always sounds a little bit disrespectful, doesn't it? Oh, you're complacent. But when you go and perform against Manchester City as their equal, then it only really reinforces that original point, doesn't it? What have they been doing for a couple of months? If they're going to just turn up, with players missing, I might add, turn up and put in a performance as high quality as that because they were absolutely exceptional. Um, There's beauty to be had in a 1-0 game, isn't there? Um, and and that was just a fantastic game of football. It didn't it didn't need loads of goals to be uh, uh, absolutely gripping, and I, I'm sure not just Liverpool supporters or Man City supporters, but but neutrals watching it uh, would have been equally gripped by uh, the drama as it unfolded. But the, the performances all over the park were exceptional, and and when it, when we talk about that complacency issue, you've only, you've only got to look as a, a as a, an example of of someone like Virgil Van Dijk. 
who's come in for criticism so far this season after being pretty uh, immortal in previous campaigns. Um, and, you know, he, he, he was, don't get, make no mistake, his reputation was on the line here going up against Erlen Haaland. He need, we got this brand new, um, you know, is he is he actually really a human being striker coming in and absolutely he looked absolutely massive by the way so I wouldn't have crossed him in a dark alley I've got to say after seeing him front in person on uh, on Sunday scoring all these goals and and he was the question was asked for Virgil Van Dijk can you deal with him and the answer was actually I've just remembered I'm the best centre back in the world I, I I can handle this fella and that's exactly what he did he was it was an exceptional performance that's just one of many though there was there, you know there was there was plenty all over the park and. Um, it, it does beg the question, what have they been doing for a couple of months? Because that was more like the Liverpool of old. Absolutely. And Keith, you know, you t- they talk about um, uh, a lot of factors that have gone into this start. You can see every time the camera goes onto Jürgen Klopp's face lately, you can see this this look of almost bewilderment, can't you? You can see, you can see a manager who's looking, uh, particularly when they're playing poorly, you can see on his face, you can see the look of a man that's saying, what is going on? What are you guys doing? Because this, he almost can't, he can't really accept or contemplate what's going on himself because there are moments when they're just a shadow of the team that they, that they were. Of course, we could say that they set the bar so high. They were so, we would have podcast after podcast just saying, well, they're, 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 they're virtually immortal. They're unbeatable. They were incredible. Um. So when you set it that high, you play sixty. You play every possible game you can play in a season. You come off the back of that with a with four or five week break, and maybe you are a bit heavy legged and stuff. But against City, there was a discipline there. I think there was a discipline where we didn't have we didn't have Trent marching on and going out of place. Um, we didn't have that the luxury of him bombing up and down the wing, and, and then yeah. we just had that back four system that really worked. And don't forget as well, Richie was saying how brilliant Van Dijk was. We also had Gomez in there for the first time alongside him for a long time against Haaland, against this, you know, this wonderful Man City team. But it just felt to me like Liverpool were less chance-taking against City, the more disciplined and, um, and and waited for an opportunity that came. And it was an opportunity of, of absolute world-class because the, the, that, you know, Alisson is an extraordinary goalkeeper. Uh, you know, can ping a 50-yard pass down to someone's chest. He was kicking a few daisy cutters last night, though, the wonderful other side of of, of uh, Alison Becker. But there was a discipline there, Kiefer, wasn't there? And, 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 and it was a less gung-ho approach, wasn't it? And it just seemed to pay dividends. It seemed to confuse Man City, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think I think you went back back to basics. I think you're spot on there. I mean, I think we only had something like 37, 38% possession, which, you know, especially at Anfield is, is you know, so... You know, against kind of what Liverpool have done under Jurgen Klopp, especially kind of in recent years. You know, they they bring the ball to teams and and they almost camp on the edge of opposition's box. And it's it's like you know we're going to break you down one way or another. But as you say, you know, with with Trent and and to be fair, I I, I said after Arsenal that uh, or prior to Arsenal, even I said you know ahead of the City game, I, you know I probably would have put Gomez in even if even if Trent was fit. I mean, you know, he's obviously had the the, the problems this season and obviously not been maybe another one you could categorise as and maybe been a victim of his own success in in that regard. But you know. Then when you're lining up when it comes to you know half three whatever time it was and, and you see Milner and Gomez you're thinking you know they could have a field day here down that right you know Foden Harland as well but like you say you know they, the way they dealt with them and you know I think there was, there was a challenge from Gomez wasn't there after about five six minutes where he just absolutely clatters Foden and you think that just really set the tempo and you know Anfield as well was you know I think this time it's a, it's a two way streak and I think Henderson mentioned it in his program notes 
you know, last night that, you know, we rely on the players to give us something and the players also rely on the fans to, to kind of bring something. But, you know, against City, it felt like they were all kind of singing from the from the same hymn sheet, which, you know, I don't think you can, don't think that's really been the case at times this season. And, and you know, whether there's a collective hangover, you know, from supporters, I mean, you know, last season, all the games that supporters attended and, you know, went right down to the wire um, and obviously didn't get the success. And, and obviously we know what happened in Paris, you know, it kind of just felt like the se- that season that promised so much. And like you say, you know, people, like Van Dyke, who would have had immortal status as a kind of then you go into the you know, yeah, I think you have three or four weeks off in the off season and, and you're straight back into it and and like you say, things are things aren't firing as they should have been and, and you know, there's not really one collective issue where you could have put your finger on and said, you know, it was this or this. I mean, you know, when they had the centre back problems the other year, it was it was very definitive that, you know, once once Virgil van Dijk, Joe Gomez, John Matip, they come back, you know, Liverpool's, you know, line comes ten yards further up the field, the press is back. You know, there was there was a, a real kind of understanding of what the problems were. But this season, you know, until the last kind of ten days or so, you know, you've been scratching your head thinking, is it is it personnel? You know, there's there's been talk of, you know, Klopp's kind of seven year kind of stint. Is it is there a collective hangover from that? You know, you know, you've seen players like Fabinho again last night. He's probably not performing to the standards that he's kind of set over the last four or five years. And you do think, you know, is is it not ideas falling on deaf ears? But you know, are these players just burnt out, which you know is totally understandable given you know not what they did last season, but the season before and the season before that. You know, it's been a been a real kind of um, you know battle over these kind of four or five years and against Manchester City, as you touched on in your intro there, Neil. You know, the two best teams in the world. You know, and 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 it was a really you know, like I say, it was a refreshing approach, I think, um, against City. I mean, it's not, like I said, the football that we've been used to, the gung-ho and, you know, the heavy metal football. But, you know, it was nice to kind of see Liverpool go back to basics and think, you know, what, we're going to be smart, we're going to be streetwise, um, because that's what they've liked at times this season. That's where they, you know, they've kind of been delivered the sucker punch from other sides. And, you know, it was absolutely brilliant. And I mean, I mean, as you touched on there, the goal was, you know, just incredible. I mean, first of all, to, to kind of have the audacity from Alisson to, to play that ball, which we've seen him do over the last couple of years to Salah. Um, you know, with City kind of camped in our half, and and you know that in another day that you know if City win the header, you, you're putting yourself under immediate danger, and there's groans going all around the ground. But you know, he has the audacity to do it, he has the execution to do it, and then the touch from Salah. I mean, people you know can can say Cancelo dived in there, but I mean to touch that down on your thigh and turn all in one movement, and then get your head up, and you know just coolly you know slot it past Edison was just you know absolutely incredible and. You know, having missed that chance, you know, 10, 15 minutes early, I think everyone thought that was probably the one chance, especially a chance as, as clear cut as that one. Um, and then obviously, you know, them, you know, scoring, um, you know, you kind of felt down, that was it. But, you know, give credit to them, they showed the fight. And and then obviously the last 15 minutes where they had to hang on, that was, again, another side to Liverpool when, when City kind of throw everything at you, you know, with, with the attacking talent, they having that kind of front four from five players. And, you know, it, it, it reminded me of a European affair in, in, in a sense. It was like, you know, it felt like we we nicked the, nicked the goal, and it was like you know we're really going for something here. It was kind of like a, a throwback to the kind of Liverpool Chelsea days, wasn't it? In the in the kind of mid two thousands, and yeah, I mean it was it was very Benitez esque if you want to kind of you know categorize it under under a different manager. But you know, like I say again last night, another example of that that you know not playing anywhere near to the capabilities, but you know getting over the line, and I think that's really what it's about over the next four, five, six weeks is just kind of amassing as many points as possible, and then you kind of go into that you know winter break in, in Dubai, we think it's going to be, and it's uh, you know then a mini preseason, and, and you think of the players who aren't going, um, you know you'd hope you'd have a, a full squad in terms of you know a clean set of injuries, you know apart from obviously Arthur Mello, um, and then kind of you go for the for the second half of the season, you know you've already played United away, you've already played City. Um, You've already played Everton. You will play Tottenham away. You will play Arsenal away. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden, you know that kind of 
running, if you want to call it, is is looking you know slightly more promising. You know, it's only four points off Chelsea and fourth at the minute. So it's just you know from Rangers to kind of now that the way things have turned around so quickly just kind of kind of shows that you know you put one or two results together and, and all of a sudden the whole kind of season the whole kind of picture can just you know kind of be flipped on his head and the, the positivity so you know it's been a really you know positive you know five six seven days for Liverpool. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Richie do you think going back to the City game do you think there's an element of um of Pep, he's very easily lured into trying to prove his own genius, isn't he, Pep? He did it in the Champions League final against Chelsea, where he dropped players and no Fernandinho, no um, uh, Rodrigo in the centre, and it all fell apart. Do you think there was an element of that where Pop, where Pep was going to Anfield, thinking, "I am, I'm going to absolutely give it to you lot now. You are going to get slaughtered. You're way below your form. I've got Ellen Haaland." You know, we've got this machine. You are going to absolutely get slaughtered, and it just—if anything—that uh, game was was a testament to 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 the uh, to the tactical abilities of, of Klopp as well, because they're normally drawn into a bit of a stalemate, aren't they? It's normally a little bit of don't want to lose, don't want to win kind of thing. Klopp just seems to, with that dropping back that ten yards and, and, and being more rigid, he, it looked like he really kind of fooled Pep, didn't he, into a false sense of feeling, really, that he was going to win that game, and, and it's it, it unfolded really, really well for him. Yeah, if if Pep did think like that, he certainly didn't give it away before the match, did he? He was pretty respectful to, to Liverpool. He, he said that he still considered them to be uh, Manchester City's main um, challenges to the title, which which on the face of it seems a, a pretty ambitious shout, uh, but certainly did, didn't give away any suggestion of any complacency on his part. Deep down, he's probably looked at it and thought, there's a team not in very good form. I've got a chance to go to uh, to Anfield and, and pick up what what would be a, a rare Manchester City win uh, at Anfield, and 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 this is the, a great opportunity to do it. But but I think uh, you know I don't know I don't want to say at long last, but obviously Jürgen's seen that Liverpool's slightly blasé approach to opponents. So far this season hasn't really worked, and if if there was any team that's going to punish you for for continuing that with that approach, it would be Manchester City. So he's you know the, the, he's stepped on the side of conservatism with with his tactics, and it's it's worked an absolute treat for him, and and it just it just made um, Liverpool harder to break down, didn't it? And 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 instead of trying to sort of outpass City or or outskill them. We, we, we've decided to try and outbattle them instead and, and and shown actually that this is a tough Liverpool side and it and it is up for the fight and 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 not just uh not just relied on letting the ball do the work, which is obviously uh something you you, you learnt as a kid as a, from an early age, but but when you're uh, when you've not been playing to your maximum you've got to do the hard work as well, haven't you? And uh, for once, they they did that and got a return on it. So, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of uh, uh, one nil tactics wise to to clap, I think. Uh, but it, if he hadn't have done it, he, he definitely wouldn't have won the game. Yeah, there's no way you could have took them head to head the way that he had to he had to change that strategy. Bit of a costly win, of course, with Diogo Jota going down with what looks like a, a serious injury yet again. He's, he's not going to go. He's not going to be taking part in the World Cup. Um, I think he sent a message out saying just as much as that uh, a couple of days ago. Um, 
But then, let's let, let's move forward then to 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 last night's game, West Ham. It's a strange one, isn't it? Because because Jurgen Klopp has, has spoken, uh, Kiefer, about this this analogy with confidence and a flower, and you can very you have to build this flower up, and it can very easily be squashed. And it doesn't take one game or two games, but. When you watch Liverpool at uh, at some points last night, first half they were great. I mean, Nunes was an absolute menace. Uh, his speed, his 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 that ball over the shoulder, they chested down and walloped with his left foot that the Fabianski just tipped over the bar. When you consider that he did a similar shot from a tighter angle with his right foot against Everton, that was tipped over the bar, was an, another worldy save. This guy's got left and right feet that, that know which way the goal is. Unfortunately, sometimes. More than more often than not, he knows where the goalie is rather than the goal. Um, but when we get past that, um, I think we've got something special in our hands, haven't we, Keith? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you say, just even you know the audacity to kind of attempt that. I mean, you know, if you're a striker, kind of you know low on confidence. Not not that he seems to be to be lacking it, but you know he's just you know he's a, he's a young lad. I think people forget that first and foremost. He's only he's only 23. You know, he's in a new country, can't really speak the language. He's kind of relying on interpreters at the minute. So like you know, coming into you know, what has been a struggling Liverpool side, I think, you know, needs to be said. And, you know, it's not ex- exactly like he's gone into that Manchester City side like Haaland has and, you know, they're creating so many chances. He, he has been living off scraps. And, you know, as that ball comes over the top last night and he, and he hits it first time, like you say, like he did at Goodison last month, you know, it just kind of sh- kind of tells you like kind of the aura of him. And I think, you know, that's, that's so important to kind of believe in yourself, isn't it? And kind of back yourself, especially when you've got, you know, such a heavy price tag kind of, you know, hanging over your head. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's so much to, to be taken from his performance last night. I mean, on, on another night, he, he can easily walk away with the match ball. I mean, he has the one uh, a couple of minutes after the goal, doesn't he? hit straight Fabianski again on his on his left foot. Um, he hits the post not not long after that. Um, you know, so there's a few chances there. And, you know, it, it felt like that he wasn't snatching at them anymore. And he was, you know, getting his head up, you know, taking a touch, taking that extra touch just to settle himself and then, you know, getting his shot away. Um, but I thought, you know, most most pleasing, to be fair, was kind of his, his work right off the ball. Um, I mean, there was one in the first half, I think on about 30 minutes, where um, there's a bit of a tangle with Carvalho and Costas. And I think it's Suchek's down the line, you know, breaking through free. And, and Nunes just barges him off the ball and, and kind of plays it back to Allison. And, you know, it's little things like that that kind of, you know, welcome you into the hearts of, like, you know, Liverpool supporters. You know, we sorted Robertson uh, in 2018 when he did that obviously famous press against Manchester City. Um, and, you know, you only have to take someone like Diogo Jota, for example, who's obviously not scored since April, but kind of his work off the ball has kind of, you know, given him such a, you know, since his return from injury and, and obviously before suffering that injury on Sunday has made him probably one of the first names on a team sheet in recent weeks and as part of this kind of mini Liverpool revival. So, you know, that's almost as pleasing as the goal in, in that respect. You know, if he was walking around with his with his head down and, you know, shoulders down, you'd, you'd maybe be asking questions. But even when he hasn't, you know, been scoring, he's actually been, been spot on. And, and now that's, you know, that's three goals in the Premier League. And I think I looked earlier, he's only played 350 minutes or something. And his goal to, goal to minutes ratio and, and goal to game, I think his, his, his goal per 90 is only second to Haaland, which obviously, you know, his start has just been so unprecedented. I mean, no one's ever come in and, and kind of taken the Premier League by storm like he has. So that's what he's up against. And obviously those kind of early season comparisons, you know, with the community shield and all that, obviously that didn't help. And, you know, you know, if you think any other year, He's only a couple of goals behind, you know, I think, you know, Kane and the Ivan Tony are maybe on eight and nine. So he's like, he's not miles off it. You know, Haaland just kind of just, you know, broke through this ceiling of like Premier League strikers. Um, but yeah, no, and as well, I think he gives Liverpool that, that other option in terms of like, you know, receiving the back, sorry, receiving the ball with his, with his back to goal. Um, 
you know, and, and obviously when you have the likes of Carvalho and Salah coming in field, you know, the way you can just hold it up and then and kind of, you know, distribute it off to those is, is really helpful. And it just gives Liverpool that, that extra dimension. I mean, obviously we, we don't know what's happening with Roberto Firmino's future. He's obviously his contract expires next summer, but you know, if, if Liverpool, you know, want to enjoy further success, they're going to have to move away from that because how many strikers in world football can kind of replicate that word that Firmino's done. So I think, you know, from what we've seen so far, and I, I did a piece earlier this morning, kind of just saying that, you know, one the, when the international break comes in in a couple of weeks, you know, when they break for the World Cup, he can head there with, with his head held high. I think you know, there's a couple of games now against you know bottom half side. I think Leeds, Southampton, obviously Tottenham's a big one, um, and there's there's uh, Forest as well, obviously on Saturday. Um, so you know, you'd fancy him to you know maybe get one or two more goals before that, and then you know, I think going like I say, going into the break, he can have his head held high and, and kind of you know regroup. Obviously, hopefully they have a good World Cup with Uruguay, and then obviously kind of build on for you know for a. a a promising second half of the season, which you'd imagine for Liverpool would be far better than, than than kind of the first, you know, two months of the season I've been so far. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and I think Richie, we, his form starting to pick up is much needed, isn't it? Alongside Salah with Diogo Jota and of course Diaz, who, who any team would miss, but that enthusiasm of Diaz and stuff is 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 well missed. But he was he was at it last night, wasn't he? He said to me, "We boys, just the first couple of minutes, I turned to one and I said, he's, he's at it. He's something's going to happen here because." He was um he's a menace, isn't he? He's one of them he's one of them strikers that is gonna really hound centre centre backs, isn't he? And, and he goes wide as well. He doesn't mind picking the ball up from wide. But the speed of him, he picked up a ball last night. A pass was a he must have been two or three yards behind uh, the West Ham defender and he and he burned past him. He's got he's got he's got speed to burn. He knows a run as well. He he gets himself in the channels lovely and he knows them little runs. Um He's looking like he's got. He's, he's gonna. He's gonna provide some really good moments for, for Liverpool, Richie, doesn't he? Uh, I certainly hope so. And I'll have to be bluntly honest with you and say that up until last night, he hasn't really impressed me that much. And I don't think it's a surprise that he hasn't been getting the starts that he would have expected when he signed for Liverpool for, for that very reason. Um, I think excluding uh, we're taking. Yeah, you know, yes, last night in a, out out of the picture, I think his touch has been poor. Uh, some of his decision making hasn't been great. He's looked a little bit like a fish out of water. He's looked very desperate to score, um, and uh, he really likes to whack the ball very hard, doesn't he? Which can work in a lot of circumstances, especially if you scored against Everton, and especially if you score that goal. Um, um, the chance that Fabianski tipped over. Last night, as you say, he's done it with both feet on the volley. Superb. But uh, he just I think he's just lacked a bit of composure uh, and and not being a striker. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to um, exactly uh, understand why that is. But there's obviously a pressure there. And, 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 and as Keith pointed out, you know, he is a young lad. He's come to a new country, doesn't really know the language. There's, there's a lot of things that he's clearly uncertain of. But he also costs sixty-five million pounds minimum, so the expectation will be there whether he likes it or not. Now, I actually left him when I did the um, sort of team selector article uh, for for last night's match. I actually left him out because he hadn't convinced me that he would be the right fit in the team. I put uh, Cavallo in instead uh, in, in as, on the left side of a front three. But as it turned out, they both played, and I'm glad that Nunes played because that because he's 
changed my opinion of him. Uh, and that, that was by far and away, that first 45 minutes was by far and away his best performance for Liverpool so far. He, 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 as you say, he was lightning quick. He was bullish. He was confident. He was, he was everything you'd want him to be from this, you know, this big dominant looking, uh, um, centre forward. And, and he looked, he looked a bit more at home than he has done previously. And I think if you look, you look at sort of on that left side, if you look at the players, you know, played, uh, occupied that spot previously, Sadio Mane and more recently, Luis Diaz, you're talking about two, Ultra skillful footballers there aren't you like unbelievably talented footballers and and you just expect that to continue just because you've been signed to replace these players you cost a fortune get on with it and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that but it is clear that he need he needs uh, an adaption period he had a bit of a uh, a bump in the road with his with his silly sending off that's put him put set him back three matches and and especially with Liverpool not playing well as a team. That that's only hindered his his progress as well. But but now we're seeing exactly what he can be capable of and what the problems he, he could potentially cause. And and that goal last night was his third Premier League goal. Well, the stats don't lie. He's level with Mohamed Salah uh, in the Premier League. He's level with Luis Diaz, and and yet he's been in and out of the side. So so in in terms of his actual goal return, that that I'm sure will will come. Especially someone who could potentially you know, score goals with his head as well, which I always think is a really important aspect for anyone who's, particularly if they're going to play down the middle, you've got to be able to do that. You've got someone like Trent and uh, uh, Rob Owen and uh, Simicus putting the crosses in. You need to, to be able to take advantage of that. Something that Jota can do really well, you know, get in front of his man at the front post and that. And and, and hopefully Nunes is, is going to bring that as well. But it's other elements of his play that have had me concerned. Is It basically... Is he really good enough to play for Liverpool? Well, I think he answered that last night and said yes, he, yes, he is. And uh, and now from from not wanting him in the side from the start, and I'm um, looking forward to it, what he can do in the next match. Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe that he just needs to run, and, and it's a confidence thing. I don't think it's such a bad thing, Richie, when you come to a club and you don't speak the language in this country because you don't have to read some of that nonsense that gets written about it in the paper. So I think they get away with it a lot of the time. His header was fantastic. Um, delivered brilliantly by by uh, Tomiscus, obviously, or Simicast, depending on who you commentate for. Um, but uh, but it still had a lot of work to be done to it, didn't it? And he headed it down firmly and over the keeper. And Fabianski tends to have good games against us. And, and um, uh, other than that, really, was determined not to be beaten. He could have had four, realistically, in the first half. So talk about a game of contrasts. Uh, or halves of contrasts. We go into the to the first half confidence. The second half, Liverpool just did that. What they what they did against Brighton almost all over again, didn't they? Did they just seem to be key for a panic that sweeps through the team? They 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 give possession away. Let, let's not forget, of course, um, West Ham nearly went into the break one one. Um, only but uh, uh, only for uh, a great save by Allison, an unexpected save actually because. He's not one of those you'd put in in your uh, your top goalkeepers to save pens, is he? But he, but he got to it great, um, kept us at one 0 up. But that second half was um, it, it was like they were doing everything they possibly could to get a draw, wasn't it? It was a it was panic stations. It was I've noticed Liverpool's turnover of the ball is 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 shocking at the moment. I mean they're giving away possession on a regular basis. 
these little ticky tacky passes that are too quick for themselves, if they can't do them, if they can't relate, it's great when they pay off. But um, they, they seldom are at the moment, and I just feel like sometimes they, 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 they're confusing themselves, and it just results in a turnover. And they were just giving uh, ball after ball after ball back to West Ham, and it, it, it looked for, for all it's worth, didn't it, that, that they were going to get something out of it. But it was a very shaky second half, Keith, and what goes on, do you think, with the team when that happens? Yeah, I mean, the, the contrast was, was scary in a way, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, you know, like you say, West Ham obviously get the penalty before, just before the break and, you know, you, you you know, you're kind of expecting it to go in. And obviously then when it doesn't, you're thinking, oh, that's kind of the, not the get out of jail card because I thought they were, you know, well worth the value in the first half. But you think, you know, especially with the with the penalty, you know, you think they've been, been let off there really, should be going in level pegging. But obviously they didn't. And then, you know, you're thinking, right, kick on in the second half, you know, maybe get maybe get a second goal early, you know, before the 60. Um, and then you can, you know, make the subs and whatever. And I thought, to be fair, that was most surprising how early he made the subs. And I, I know obviously he's, he's touched on and said that Nunes obviously felt muscle tightness. But I thought to make those subs, especially, you know, someone like Curtis Jones, who hasn't, you know, I'm a massive fan of him, but he hasn't played since, you know, since, well, competitively since May, you know, to kind of throw him in with half an hour left against a, a team like West Ham, who have, I think they were five and beaten prior to last night. You know, they're working the way up working the way up the table after after a poor start. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, especially in that midfield with the likes of Declan Rice and Suchek, it's a, it, you know, it's a physical battle. You know, you, you've got to be on it. And and Liverpool just weren't. And like you say, it, it was just really sloppy. And again, I fought for Bino, and I've said this countless times this season, you know, I've been one of his biggest fans since, you know, he, he joined the club and he's been so integral to kind of everything Liverpool have achieved. But he just looks sloppy, just looks slow, just looks leggy. Can't seem to win a tackle at the moment. And kind of when that... You, you know, when you're exposed, it just felt like wave after wave of West Ham attack. And, you know, if you're playing a team, you know, slightly better quality in the, in, in the, in the final third, I think Liverpool get punished there. And obviously Milner kind of, you know, with Alisson as well, kind of banks, you know, gets Liverpool out of, of, of jail there right at the end, which, you know, which looked to be a tapping. But it, it was really worrying. And I think at this stage of the season, maybe Liverpool just, you know, not focusing too much on performances. I think obviously, you know, the Man City game tells you that they kind of, you know, threw their style out the window and thought, right, just get the three points, which obviously is understandable given given their league, you know, their position on the table. But, you know, with West Ham, you're thinking, come on, you know, this is, you know, maybe not to put a marker down, but, you know, show something more and kind of, you know, maybe get two or three goals and, and whatever. Maybe, maybe you know, put on a better display than, than in terms of football and wise than you did at the weekend. And, and they just didn't. And and that's maybe the, the kind of one concerning thing ahead of the weekend. I know obviously Forrest aren't, you know, doing great themselves, but you, know, you just think, you know, the longer, you know, it happened against Brighton, the longer you kind of don't get that second goal or, you know, get that two goal cushion, you're just asking to kind of be sucker punched. And, you know, that's kind of been Liverpool's downfall this season, hasn't it? You know, you, you think even the games they have won against Newcastle, um, you know, it was late. It, I mean, it was very late, and and that's obviously kind of papered over now because obviously they, they got the three points. But you know, on, on another on another reason, you're talking about wasted chances and kind of sloppy. You know, once the ball kind of get that goal, they're they're not kicking on like you know like they they used to be so ruthless at. And and I'm not sure kind of what it is either. But it's, it there seems to be kind of an atmosphere about the place, and certainly in previous seasons, I'm, I'm you know I'm thinking you know 2019, 2020, and, and even probably the season before that, and and even to, to be fair, last season, you know, when Liverpool get one goal, you know. Normally, you're fairly all right with that. You think, you know, you back them and you back them to play their way out of it. And, you know, kind of, yeah, one they'll do. You know, they've got enough quality within the ranks. But it feels very much like the early clock days and the back end of Rogers, where, you know, it's one nil and it feels like you're going to have to get into like a, you know, you're going to have to win. You, three, you score three goals at home or, you know, to beat Brighton, you get to score four goals, which is just, you know, certainly, 
you know, it's, it's it's not helpful for anyone watching, and it's certainly it's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable way of playing football, and and obviously it's not how you win the big trophies that we've seen once the obviously did you know fix up their defence. Obviously they win the Champions League, they win the Super Cup, they win the FA Cup, they win the Premier League. So it is it is concerning because I think why is you, why is you you know at the back when obviously Allison you know brilliant, but kind of everyone in front of him does seem to you know Gomez again another one you know has a brilliant game Sunday and and and, and then obviously last night obviously you know makes a it's a poor 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 um, you know challenge for the, for the penalty I mean he doesn't need to be making that he's, he's going away from goal he's, he's you know he's only getting his head to it do you know what I mean there's there's, there's no real urgency to, to kind of to make that challenge I'm, I'm not really sure what he's thinking um, potentially you know a lack of sharpness or whatever but yeah it's just it's just very frustrating because it, it felt like that Manchester City game obviously as you spoke earlier Neil that you know um, you know momentum doesn't come after one game you know and it's like a flower it takes time but it felt like that Man City game was you know maybe maybe an exception to that because of how good Manchester City are and kind of how bad Liverpool had been um, and, and obviously yes you know you know the results table and, and the league now says that Liverpool won back to back games but the performances performance especially last night was was nowhere near as convincing as you know perhaps it should have been which is you know from and being overly critical is probably the obviously the one concern kind of you know, going into to Saturday and obviously the games that follow. Yeah, it's. I mean, as you just said, uh, uh, Keith, uh, the three points are three points, Rich, but there were some interesting substitutions made at interesting times. It was much earlier than he normally does. He basically switched out the midfield. Um, and to me, it looked a bit reactionary. It looked like he was angry. It looked like he was, you know, possession was being lost all over the pitch. Let's be honest with you. I mean, Gomez not only... Was was a bit scruffy for the for the for the penalty, but he made some odd decisions. He made some panicky decisions. And to I, I thought Thiago got the sharp end of it because I thought Thiago. I felt like <clears throat> Liverpool when he switched out the midfield got themselves under more pressure. And I think if you're going to change half your lineup um, during the course of the game, particularly in the second half, um, then there is a period of bedding in there that that, that could cause you to, to to lose a goal or two. Um, he wasn't happy with the midfield clearly, but 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 Curtis Jones was a very strange one. I mean, he played well, the kid played well, but he's not one for bringing people back in quickly after injuries, is he? Um, Klopp, he, he, he would often sort of bed them in gently, and, and yet he was he was sort of it just feels like there's a little whiff of of pressure and desperation at the moment that this needs to be cleared out, doesn't it, before this team can really march on, Rich? Well, it, it was certainly a game of two halves, wasn't it? You know what I mean? The, the first half was was pretty impressive. You think, yeah, we're carrying on here. And then the second half, I'm sure David Moyes would have been ruined not getting West Ham on the front foot a little bit quicker. Although I think he's, he's got a bit of previous for that though, hasn't he? Uh, but um, it's not inconceivable that uh, West Ham could have left with something from that game. I'm not quite sure why Antonio was on the bench. He looked a, uh, a threat when he came on as well, whether that was just a result of uh, Liverpool's reshuffle or not. I, I don't know. But I think... Klopp said post-match that he, he'd seen uh, Thiago uh, having to stretch himself out a bit and he was a bit worried about, about him. And then, um, you know, he, he, he he's made uh, uh, a triple change because you've got this extra dynamic now, don't you? If you've, you've, you can use make five subs, but you can't do five individually. So uh, you've got to be a bit more tactical about how you do it. I did, did think the Curtis Jones one was a bit of a surprise. Wasn't expecting him to to come on to be honest and and if someone hasn't played for that long it's going to be hard to adapt to uh to a, the, the pace of a game straight away particularly when you 
defending a 1-0 lead. But that, that is a key point, though, isn't it? They were actually defending a lead instead of chasing a game. Uh, and, and chasing games is something that we've had to do far too much this season. And if it's okay if you're in a situation where you're like, all right, well, you score one, we're going to go and score four or, or whatever. But um, we're not really in that uh, realm at the moment, are we? The, the goals aren't flowing quite that freely. Um, all right, you might point to a, a 9-0 and a 7-1 as uh, arguing the toss on that. But uh, we're not doing that every week, aren't we? They, they're, they're results in, uh, in isolation against that particular opposition. So... Uh, you give yourself a better chance if you've got something to protect and they've done that and that's why they've won the game because if they've gone behind in the game or even have had the setback of the penalty being scored, you know, you might have been looking at a different scoreline. That, that, those issues from earlier in the season or pre, pre, uh, pre Rangers, if you want to call it, um, that tension, that panic haven't gone away. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they surfaced the game in that second half and, if it was whether it was the disruption of the changes or not, it it, it was there to see, wasn't it? Um, and we, <laughs> we might have to live with that for a little bit of a while, and until um, confidence spreads through the whole of the team, much like we've done with Nunes, and and you know, be patient and try and try and uh, bring him in and getting onto the level that it needs to be. There's probably other elements across the side. On uh, of the team that needs to improve because the team has been low on confidence compared to where it was due to the results that they've been getting and and, and people not really fearing Liverpool in the way that they way that they did. So uh, yeah, pretty tense. Uh, anyone hoping to leave on the board uh, to get in the car to beat the traffic will have had their uh, second half ruined by uh, by the panic that set in. Um, but yeah, they got the job done in the end. Then, of course, when you've got someone like Milner, who, who's you know captain sensible, can close the game out in the corner and stuff like that, then uh, you've got a chance of getting a result, haven't you? Poetry in motion on the Blood Red Channel. Well, I mean, special mention to Milner. He, he was he was up for man of the match, and he was on for about ten minutes. It was it was a brilliant, brilliant, really. Calm and influence, wasn't he, and, uh, 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 when the team needed him the most? And he, he made that such an incredible block that ended up going onto Allison's legs and, and, and just past the post. That was a certain one, one, wasn't it? Fitzy, I, I actually argued that there was a good argument to actually start him in the game. And you could say, well, he's 36, so he, you know, he had a knackering game on Sunday. You need to rest him. And ultimately, that is probably what's happened. But I asked the question, what? What sort of message does it send when someone puts in, you know, a, a top three man of the match performance on Sunday and then you're out the team for the next game? It just, I just feel like that sends the wrong message to the other players. So it wouldn't have surprised me if he had started the game. Um, he didn't. Fair enough. That's that's the manager's decision. He's got Trent Alexander-Arnold there who would normally assume that position. But I, I, I just think if he had started, it shows that no one's place is safe. And in the end, he's called on him anyway. Uh, to see the game out, and, he, and he's played probably the most crucial, uh, or made the most crucial intervention in the whole match, bar and possibly the goalkeeper. Yeah, absolutely. There were, there were other uh, uh, moments, and I know this is clearly Klopp, what Klopp wants. There were other moments, Kiefer, last night, where, where Trent was wildly out of position again. Um, kind of s almost sitting in front where Fab goes, uh, floating into centre mid when the ball's gone over to, to left-hand side. And he wasn't really busting the guts to try and get back there. 
must be very frustrating for the other players if Klopp's saying, let him just wander off. And if he does, then you just cover his space. Because that seems to be the... No one else wanders out of space as much as Trent. So he's clearly being told that he's, he's got free range to do it. And it was another... It was it was balls down that side again, wasn't it? Last night, late on, uh, uh, West Ham were pumping in. That were, that were proven costly again, really, weren't they? And dropping over the shoulder of Trent. And still an area that needs work. He either needs to really commit to being a, a, a right back that can that can move forward when he when he can or or decide that he needs a right back and and, and get and move him into the middle because that that is going to keep up tri- tripping us up isn't it surely yeah i think i think something's got to give kind of kind of one way or another i mean at, at the minute you know you'd, you'd say that i know his output hasn't been, been great this season in, in terms of going forward but obviously you know usually if kind of Liverpool were firing on all cylinders you know you'd imagine you'd have a handful of assists and whatever so it's kind of obviously the, the net kind of what you get out with trent in terms of you know okay you might cost you five goals a season but you, you might get 13 back in terms of you know six goals and, and whatever um and obviously it is interesting because obviously kind of clock when he launched that kind of staunch defense on him um you know maybe about a month ago now and he basically said that you know his starting position is you know 30 yards you know higher up than everyone else therefore he's got you know so much space in behind which is which is obviously you know fair enough and like i say it goes back to kind of what the manager wants out of him you know who are we for kind of to tell him you know to change his tactics that you know work so well um but i just think on that side as well you know it, it like you say it's targeted and it's become such a i think this year kind of the criticism of trent has become so high profile that you know now teams are like you know it's doubling up to that kind of like another level like you know last night there's a long balls the diags are getting put in late and and you know to be fair to Trent, you know, he's got two or three players around him and, and obviously Gomez is occupied and you know, so we can't bring him across. And and I do feel sorry for him because obviously he, d- he does need help, I think, as well. But then obviously when he's told to kind of take the take the ball and carry up the pitch, it's like, well, he's, he's leaving that space. So so like you say, I think, you know, something does need needs to give in terms of, you know, do you, do you kind of pin him back 15 yards or 10 yards and say, right, you're going to get, I don't know, five, six goals, less goals a season or, or assists or whatever. Um but but interestingly, obviously, you know, it did look like a four four two last night. But I thought the, you know, obviously earlier in the season when Elliot had been playing in front of him in a four three three, I thought obviously he was getting you know massively exposed there, and there was that kind of triangle of them of uh, Gomez, uh, Trent, and Elliot away at Napoli, which you know obviously you know, you know we all know how that game ended and kind of the, the kind of criticism that came of that. But I thought especially on Sunday, I know Trent didn't play, but the four two three one, and I think especially for Elliot's game. I think that helped him, and I just wonder if that's something that could would, would maybe help Trent just having three bodies on that side, and you know, in terms of not being so isolated, and you know, if, if it can work against Phil Foden and kind of Erling Haaland on that kind of side of attack, we well, think it, you know you'd be able to nullify most teams in the league, given that the quality is obviously not going to be as as good as what Man- Manchester City kind of have on offer. But it is, it is certainly an interesting one because, like I say, the other the other side of the coin is that you know Robertson and Costas again in a normal season, you know they. Robertson especially, obviously they do, their numbers aren't too far behind Trent, you know, maybe in terms of goal score, but in terms of assist, Trent and Robertson are always pretty much there or they're about one another. So it's like, Robertson's position isn't 30 yards further forward, but he's able to kind of make that impact in the final third. So does Trent need, why does Trent's needs to be so different? Do you know what I mean? That's kind of the one thing that I've always, I've always thought because, you know, if they were both getting, if, if it was happening on both sides, I would completely understand, but it's only on one side. So, I mean, Again, who am I to kind of, you know, draw up a tactical plan to get the best out of Trent Alexander-Arnold? And obviously, given his skill set and, and kind of his, his history with playing in midfield is obviously, you know, such a debate to try him out in, in so many other positions. But, um, I mean, Klopp's obviously shut down the midfield one, you know, a couple of times obviously when he's played there with England. So I, I don't think that's something we'll, we'll, we'll see, certainly not in the in the short term. But, 
you know, you, again, you'd hope in the second half of the season, if, if you know, if young Calvin Ramsey, obviously he got minutes the other night in the JPT, you know, if he can kind of get fit and firing and, and obviously then you've got Milner there, if you kind of need that experience and that kind of, you know, the back to the wall performance, then you're going with three options. And then obviously, you know, does that put a bit more pressure on Trent to kind of, as Rich says, you know, if you're, if you're man of the match one week, you know, you're keeping your place, you're not dropping out because of rotation or whatever. So, you know, maybe that could be something, you know, that gets the best out of Trent because, you know, we've seen it so many times, you know, we've seen it with Marnie when Diaz comes in, albeit plays a different position, but his game goes up tenfold. So obviously competition is, is a, a certain element of that. But I just think, I just think even in terms of going attacking with Trent's overall game, he just hasn't looked at it this season. And, like, you know, not to put him in the category, but we've seen players of his kind of age who've burst onto the scene so young. You know, I'm thinking Deli Ali, I'm thinking Marcus Rashford, and not that you know Trent is going to you know end up in Turkey in two years. You know, he's you know one of the best right backs in the world, but you know that burnout at such a young age with how many games footballers are expected to play on a you know a, a domestic and an international level, and you know he's he's hardly had any time off really. I think obviously he had the injuries last year or yeah, yeah last summer. Um, you know, that was probably his only time off since he since he broke into the, the Liverpool first. He obviously goes to the World Cup in 2018, 2019. Liverpool kind of go for the double, obviously win the Champions League. So, he, you know, I think he goes to the Nations League as well that summer. So he's hardly had any time. And obviously, you know, as we kind of touched on at the top of, you know, the, the podcast, that part of it is it might seem such a basic reason, but it wouldn't be surprising if there was just such a hangover from, from last year and kind of the minutes. And, you know, I think, you know, I think it was about February time, Klopp referenced that they're kind of, you know, their, their game time in terms of was like reaching or there was a, a study or something that basically said that the amount of minutes Trent and Robertson were playing was like in a critical zone and you know I think it'd been advised against which you know doesn't surprise you know they've been integral to this Liverpool side over the last four or five years they've won, they've won everything on offer um, you know maybe there is that kind of as I say that element of just he is just fatigued and then obviously with all the noise around the World Cup and kind of everything that's come with it it's just maybe not maybe too much but it's just another kind of loaded pressure on him so I, I do I do have sympathy with him at the minute and, and obviously with Jurgen Klopp um, because obviously it's he's not left with any other options really at least with Robertson you can kind of put Costas in there and know that he'll do an adequate job I mean obviously Milner's great but you know he can't play three games a week obviously Calvin Ramsey's had the injury problems and and then after that you're looking at Joe Gomez but obviously the, the kind of issues at centre-half have meant that he's been been needed elsewhere so I think it, again I think you know with many issues the poor face this season I think there's you know there's Plenty of caveats to it. I don't think it's as kind of as straightforward as you know maybe maybe meets the eye kind of thing. I think there is you know deeper deeper rooted issues. Well, let's hope he doesn't end up in Turkey. But we could we could all end up in Turkey in a few years, depending on how bad our teeth get. Um, listen, we have um, we have Notts Forest. In fact, if you look at the next six games, we'll just finish off on this next six, uh, six fixtures. Liverpool Forest away again, another three points. Hopefully, in the bag there. We, well, nothing's in the bag at the moment. But if we if we can get three points there, it keeps us uh, climbing up the table. Uh, we've got their uh, Champions League action, Ajax, and then we've got Leeds United at home. Uh, so, uh, domestically, it's Forest Leeds United. The only big one out of there, I would say, is Tottenham away. Um, and then we've got Southampton at home, and then Villa away, and then Leicester. So, as you said earlier on, Kiefer, we've we've chopped down a few big trees, really, and I'll certainly got through them. And Hopefully, we can get a grip and... and, and, and um, and steady the ship a little bit more, um, Rich, and then and you know, get back on track and get that much needed confidence. Yeah, um, I'd expect us to beat Forest on uh, Saturday. Only won one game all season. I don't even know who'll be playing. They've got that many players. I'm not sure they know themselves. So yeah, you you, you would expect us to build. You know, get another win under our belts there. Um, the, the the Ajax one um, could be tricky. Uh, and and 
depending on um, what sort of result he wants to get there. Uh, You'd want to get something, wouldn't you? So uh, with that Napoli game coming, unless I think Napoli looking like one of the best teams in Europe at this moment in time. So um, you certainly uh, don't want to be leaving that to chance. Uh, And then Leeds, uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of opportunity. And Tottenham, of course, Tottenham have lost the last two, I think. Um, So there's plenty of opportunity now to go on on, on a decent run, which is exactly what Liverpool need to do and what any any decent uh, title campaign is built on. Um, winning games, not conceding goals, uh, building an aura of invincibility. And, and with that, the, the confidence will come, will it, won't it? So, um, yeah, I, I think we could be, just certainly leading up to the World Cup, we want to make sure uh, in this rather unusual of seasons that, that, that when we get to that point where we have a, a break for uh, Qatar, uh, that we're in the best possible situation that we can be in uh, and it would go into that that sort of second part of the season uh still on a bit of a high hopefully not too many injuries from the uh from the international action uh but you don't know what will happen to other teams as well do you so uh it, it, it's all to play for is it all, I, I've, you know last night the first time this season you know i thought oh let's have a look at the table and see where we are you know what i mean and how far behind united we could have fit our oh, united have of uh, 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 one, so we haven't gone ahead of them. You know what I mean, and stuff, yeah. stuff like that. Um, the, the, the type of the type of conversations you should be having with your mates uh, when you're looking at the permutations of results. Uh, all of a sudden, we're now we're now uh, approaching that bracket, aren't we? Chelsea in fourth there, haven't looked brilliant. As, as I said, Tottenham Tottenham lost the last two. Man City lost the last one. Um, so yeah, all of it, it didn't take much, does it, in football to, to to turn things around? Was it what they say? A week's a long time in football. The pool in the last three games. Uh, if they win the next three, um, we'll be uh, having very different conversations to uh, what what we have been so far this season, and, uh, and I'll be uh, all the happier for that. Excellent, boys. Well, a week's a long time in politics, and the Tories have just become the new Watford, haven't they? The second one every couple of months. Uh, Richie, thank you very much, pal. It's always great to hear your uh, opinions on on, on Liverpool, and uh, long may they continue. We'll see you soon, pal. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on, I'm Fitzy. Cheers, pal. Kiefer, looking like a looking like a baby-faced um, <laughs> Wayne Rooney there when he scored against Arsenal back in the day. I thought that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you're, you're much more handsome than him, pal. Thank you very much, Kiefer. Appreciate Cheers. you, mate. Cheers, Fitzy. Thank you. Just want to leave you on one thing uh, to all the Reds listening to this. Uh, watch the Panorama documentary on the uh, the horrific events uh, at the Paris final last year, as well as being deeply traumatised and upset and, and bringing back a lot of bad memories for me. One of the proudest moments was watching Liverpool fans chanting, stay still. Um, it will live long in the memory and it saved lives, so you should all be very, very proud of yourselves. It made me a, an extremely proud Red, let me tell you that. Uh, all right, people, uh, onwards and upwards and uh, more for the Reds to come. Uh, it is Notts Forest on Sunday. Uh, thanks once again to Richie and Kiefer. This is Neil Fitz and this has been Poetry in Motion. You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.